Through the eyes of men it seems there's so much we have lost As we look down the road where all the prodigals have walked One by one the enemy has whispered lies and let them all face slaves All right, so here we are again. You've heard from Ezekiel and John's Gospel. Two weeks ago when we did this thing for the first time and I didn't really have a sense of where we would be now. I wasn't even supposed to be here today, actually. I am supposed to be on a beach in Florida. I didn't imagine I'd have two weeks of food stuffed into my freezer and pantry. I didn't imagine I'd get so proficient at baking bread. I didn't imagine we'd spend yesterday prepping a classroom space for my 10-year-old to have for weeks of distance learning. It's been a lot to take in, to process, to simply experience. We're nearing the end of Lent, if you can imagine, a Lent which has felt more like Lent than we ever could have imagined. There's this post going around on Facebook that says, this is the Lentiest Lent that's ever Lented, and I feel that very acutely. And then we open up our scripture for this day and have these two texts in front of us. Both show despair, and both give us a glimmer of hope in the midst of our weight for Easter. But I don't want to go straight to the hope. I get, I get it. It's a thing most of us want to do, right? We all want to go straight to Easter. We want to look at the bright side and find the good. And all of that is important and necessary, but so is despair. I don't know about all of you who are watching right now, but I do know based on social media and emails and phone calls and text messages that I have been a part of this week, I know this week has been very hard for a lot of you. Here in Minnesota, we're settling into our second week of this physical isolation. It's starting to sink in quite a bit. Our lack of interaction with people, our fear, our loss of income and plans and the worry about our loved ones and each other. I get it. I was there this week too. It was a hard week. And I opened up the scripture given to us by the lectionary for this Sunday, and I just had to laugh slash cry. <laughs> you cannot make this up. Ezekiel and Lazarus. These two texts are always paired together, and most often when they come up in the lectionary, I choose to talk about Lazarus because I love that text so much. Jesus cries. I'm a crier. Of course, that's where I'm going to go. But Ezekiel... Boy, this text really spoke to me this time around. So a quick mini history lesson about this guy. Ezekiel was a prophet to the Israelites during the time of exile. This is a complete and total oversimplification of a very complex scenario, but exile is when the temple was destroyed and a foreign power occupied the land and many of the people were forced to live elsewhere. I have never ever related to this feeling of being cut off and separated more than I did this week. I think we forget sometimes that the majority of scripture was written for a suffering people. And then something like this happens and we open up our scripture and we hear it in a brand new way. That is what happened 
for me this week. See, Ezekiel, this prophet, he is feeling something about this exile. He doesn't quite have the right words to describe it or talk about it with people. And when he doesn't have those words, God brings him to a valley. And he looks out on it full of bones. In verse 11, God says to him, These bones are the whole house of Israel. And they say, We are dried up. Our hope is lost. And we are cut off completely. And Ezekiel's like, yes, this is how I feel. And I get this this week. I too feel like a dusty valley of dry bones. I have heard this verse before, heard it, understood it, could logically understand it. But I have never felt this verse like I did this week. The community of the people of Israel in exile were feeling dried up, lost, cut off, without hope. God put an image in front of Ezekiel that perfectly fit what he was feeling in exile. And I say, yes, this is how we feel. I feel like God has taken all of us to a valley overlook and said, is this familiar? Is this how you feel? Dried up, cut off, hopeless? Yes. Good gosh. Yes. And that's where this story connects to our gospel today, I think. That hopeless feeling, that feeling of despair. Lazarus had died. His sisters didn't lose faith, but they also had a lot of feelings about this loss. They believed that their relationship to Jesus would have given them some kind of leg up in their situation. They hoped that Jesus would care enough to get there in time to save the day. And yet here they are, hopeless, lost, feeling quite dusty and dried up. And what does Jesus do in this moment? Does he tell them to suck it up? They just need to let go and let God? Or they shouldn't be sad because their sadness somehow indicates a lack of faith? Jesus cries. He cries. Y'all know I can get behind this response. Jesus doesn't tell them to stop their crying, to look on the bright side, to just stay hopeful. He sits with them and cries. If the Son of God cries when things feel hopeless and uncertain, then, oh my goodness, so can you. And then, after the crying, it is then that Jesus goes to the tomb and calls for his friend to come out. And he does. One can assume Jesus knows what is going to happen next. I mean, he's Jesus after all, right? And yet, even though he knows that the loss of Lazarus is not the end, he still cries. We are allowed to be in despair. Let's go back to the top of that cliff with Ezekiel as he's gazing out upon the valley of bones. Pastor Chad ended the reading today where Israel said they are without hope and cut off. And then in the next verse, God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to those bones and say, I am going to open your graves, bring you out from those graves, O my people, and I will bring you back to the land of Israel. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live. 
and I will place you on your own soil, and you will know that I am the Lord. Notice all the wills and shalls in these verses. Now in English, our common language here, our grammar around will and shall would indicate that these are things that have not yet been completed. Like there's some actions that will happen in the future, and that's nice and all, but you know, not that helpful always in times like this. Sort of feel like saying, I don't want your help in the future, God. I want your help right now in this moment. This is where we can even more fully understand the words of Mary and Martha in today's gospel. I don't care if you're here now, Jesus. I needed you here yesterday. Now, I'm not going to go full Hebrew grammar lesson on you all right now, but in Hebrew, there are only two verb tense options, perfect and imperfect. These relate solely to actions that are either completed or not completed. So if me saying the word grammar made you tune out, come back, come back here, because this is the good news in this Ezekiel text. All of the verbs in these verses are perfect tense which means they have all been completed. It has already been done. It is so. The promise given to us through the prophet Ezekiel is this already completed promise. God does and will and already has come to be with us. God is already at work bringing us back together, giving us new life even in the midst of a time that feels disconnected and hopeless. We know, you all know, I know, that for right now, we are in this weird time. It is so weird. And yet there will be a moment in our future when God will stand and say, come out. But don't misunderstand God is already at work, already making things new, bringing new life and hope where there seemed to be none. I will put my spirit in you and you shall live, God says. This is already done. Everybody take a breath with me right now. There it is. Ruach, Numa, spirit, breath, already ours. So I have a job for you all. Earlier we sang a song, Come Thou Fount, and in it we sang, Here I Raise My Ebenezer. It, it, it is a strange thing to sing. We don't really know what this means. But Ebenezer literally means stone of help. And when we raise an Ebenezer, it marks a moment in time. We set stones or whatever you want to use to make a pillar so we can see that we are not alone and we can be reminded of how far we've come. And then when we are further along in our journey, we can look back at it and see how far God has brought us. Some of you saw on Facebook yesterday that I asked you to gather a stone, one per person if you can. And if you didn't see the post or didn't want to go outside yesterday because Minnesota. No worries. I have an activity for you. I want us to raise some Ebenezers, but I want us to take a moment and mark the spot where we are. Mark the hard week. Mark the despair. 
mark the moment. I think right now, we collectively are standing on the cliff, looking out over a dusty, dry, bone-filled valley. And even though it's hard and not where we want to be or thought we would be, we still need to mark the moment. So on your stone, I want you to put all your feelings. I want you to put your fear and your sadness, your anxiety, all of it. You can write on it. You can paint it. You can just speak your feelings onto it. And then I want you to set them somewhere in your home. One or five or however many you want to set. Build a stack. Put one somewhere in a windowsill where you can see it. And then, Prince of Peace, when we come back together, and we will, whatever that day is, we're going to bring these stones with us. And we're going to celebrate that God has brought us this far. And God will continue to bring us further. And we will not go alone. It is our promise given to us today and every day. Amen. As we call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. Up out of the ashes, we will see an army rise. We call out to dead bones, come alive. I get it, everybody. This time is weird and hard. And I'm right there with you, feeling all the feelings. But God has not left us alone, and we will not be cut off forever. So together, but apart, we raise our Ebenezers today. Take a picture, post it in the comments. And until then, we stay home to love and serve the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. We call out to dry bones, come alive, come alive. We call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive. About of the ashes, let us see an army rise. As we call out to dry bones, come alive. As we call out to dry bones, come alive.